You are listening to The Breakup Evolution, a collection of real-life vignettes of how people grow from heartbreak. And I am your host, Sarah Ng. I remember my first breakup oh so clearly. I was on the phone in a dark room at my parents' house, and I was hiding and whispering on the phone so I wouldn't get caught. I was 14 years old, a freshman, and Dominic Bridge, a sophomore, was breaking up with me. I remember him calling me pensive, like it was a bad thing, and I I just felt myself getting smaller and smaller while I held onto that phone, wanting to disappear and also just not wanting to feel that shock of pain. It was the first of quite a few breakups, honestly, and... I think it'll be one that I'll always remember, moment by moment. The winter of playing Daniel Bedingfield's If You're Not The One, over and over and over. I I like to tell people that I'm not in the breakup business, I'm in the death and rebirth business. And what happens when you kill off an old version of yourself or an old identity is that you get an opportunity to rebuild yourself. So how does a dating coach turn into a breakup coach? You'd think at first glance that maybe these two things are polar opposites, but in all reality, they're actually pretty intertwined. Breakups inform future relationships and the cycle continues. I talk to Paige, who calls me from her sunny home in Hermosa Beach, California, and you'll soon find she has an even sunnier disposition. You'll see what I mean the moment Paige starts describing life as she knows it back in 2015. I was a hustler. I was living in New York City, and I woke up like 6 a.m. I was building a marketing company. Like I, I was going really early meetings and then I would, you know, go to get on the subway, go to client meetings, go to shoots because it was a video production company. I'd be like on my computer at coffee shops in between meetings. I, I just like was going, going, going. And then I would go to happy hours every day. So I would spend my days working hard and my nights playing hard. So New York was such a playground for me. I loved the energy of it. It was intense. There were highs, there were lows for sure. And I was also doing a lot of um, improv comedy. So I would go to improv shows at night and, you know, my friends and I would bounce around to different shows and then we'd go to the bar after and be out till like 2 a.m. And then I'd go to sleep and do it all over again the next day. And it was intense. It was fast. It was wild. I just, I absolutely drank it up during that that period of my life. Paige ends up meeting someone through improv and things get serious pretty quickly. They both loved feeding off of that New York energy and crowds. And she started lining up all the relationship milestones. Okay, this is this is the man. We're gonna we're, we met each other's families. Check right, like we're gonna move in together. We're gonna we're gonna get engaged. We're gonna go this path. But then one day things take a turn. As always, 
I was in our relationship was like waiting by the phone, like just white knuckling, waiting for him to call me. I felt, I felt like, you know, I had put him up on this pedestal and I felt like he was um, just this amazing, amazing person. And, and I um, gave him all of my power. And so anytime he called, I would pick up right away and he called and he was like, I, you know, I have to tell you something. I don't know how to, I don't really know how to say this, but uh, last night I kissed somebody else and I feel terrible about it and I don't really know what to do or where to go from here, but I needed to tell you, like, can we talk about this? And I was crushed. Like I was, I was so devastated. I I was like, you know, why am I not enough? You know, all of the, all these stories started coming to my head and just my, my like not good enough stories and everything. And, um, and I was devastated and I gave him a second chance and we tried to work on it and tried to fix it. But really I, my trust was so damaged after that, that like, I, I just got really jealous really easily. I would get mad at him really easily. Like I, I just had a lot, a lot come up, um, that I, that I needed to work through. So the relationship started to fizzle. Like that was kind of the beginning of the end of the relationship. I felt so devastated. I felt so empty because I had given him so much. Like I had given him so much of my attention and my my power. And like he he I just gave it all away to him. And I didn't really know who I was at the end of that relationship. Like I came out feeling what I describe as a raisin, <laughs> like just kind of shriveled up. Paige tries to get over the breakup. She cries, soul searches, and talks to friends. My friend had told me about this weekend course, this like personal development course. And I was like, well, all right. And, you know, I'm not feeling the best, but I'll sign up for it and see if it can give me some kind of like, some kind of help or support uh, along the path. And you're supposed to talk to the person next to you about what you want to get out of this program. And I just start sobbing to this stranger. I'm sitting in the front row and I just start like, I'm sobbing and I'm like, I just want to get over my my ex-boyfriend. I don't know how to get over him. And that weekend changed my life because what I saw in, in those three days, it was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, in those three days was I was the common denominator in all of my failed relationships. And it wasn't about the other person. It wasn't about the situation. It wasn't about the city that I lived in. It wasn't any of that. It was me. And I saw myself as the common denominator for every relationship that didn't work out. And it just like kind of like blew my mind and totally changed my lens of the of the world. And I was like, oh my God, if I'm if I created all of my quote unquote failed relationships, then I can, then I have the power to create powerful relationships. Wow. That was such an empowering realization for me. Yeah. I really like that part that you mentioned the common denominator part. So you were the person in, in those relationships throughout. Um, and then when you were talking about it, I, w- I wasn't sure if this was like a, I mean, I could see it both ways. Like you're that's a positive thing. Like you're the person creating these connections. Um, but uh, you also mentioned it's kind of like um, the commonality is that they were relationships that were like, quote unquote, failed. Um, would you describe yourself as that like common denominator doing? Was there something 
the thread between them? Yeah. Well, so I I use the word failed, first of all, in quotes, because I don't mm-hmm. believe there's such thing as a failed relationship um, in, in terms of what society views as a successful relationship versus an unsuccessful relationship. Like a relationship that ends generally is considered by our culture as a failed relationship. And I don't, I don't believe that's true. I think every relationship is successful if you learn something from it. So I just want to give that little caveat because any, anytime I put quote, anytime I say failed relationship, I definitely put quotes around it. So, um, so I started looking at sort of like the threads in my relationships. And one of those threads was I was basically like recreating this, um, this relationship of being with unavailable men uh, and men that were essentially, they were avoidant. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with attachment styles, but my, um, my classic, my classic uh, dynamic was I am an, I'm an anxious attached person. And so I would create relationships with these avoidant attached people because my father was pretty avoidant growing up. So I didn't really, I was very unconsciously doing this, right? Like this was totally in my blind spot that I, that I had these relationships with, with, um, avoidant men that I didn't even really know that this was a pattern until I went to this course and I saw it so clearly and it just like, whoa, blew up in my head. And I saw, it was just very, very clear that, um, that my relationships were ways that I was recreating my relationship with my dad so that I could heal it, so that I could have some healing around my relationship with my father. Once you see it and you can heal it, then you can have a breakthrough and then you can move past it and then you can make a conscious choice to change that pattern. But that pattern was unconsciously running my life of of, of choosing these these men who were not fully available for what I wanted. They were avoidant. And from there, I I started doing a lot more for myself. I actually, uh, a friend had just gone through a breakup also, and she and I started this fun YouTube channel about crafting and drinking. And I felt very creative. I felt very kind of alive. I was I was given this opportunity to to find myself because like I said, I had lost so much of me uh, when I was with him and, and, and waiting for him to come around or waiting for him to do some kind of therapy or something. Now, as you know, Paige is still in New York, but she decides to seek out warmth and she moves to California across the country. She asks her friends for support and her sister comes through with an apartment. As soon as I moved into the, that apartment, I exhaled for the first time in what felt like a year. Like I just whew, felt like this this whole brick wall had been fall, like had just been turned to ashes and fell off my shoulders and I could finally breathe. And that is when my life really started. And that's when my path to becoming a breakup coach really started because that's when I saw like, oh, I, you know, I was meant like to, I was meant to go through this breakup, to say all the hard things I had to say, to face some more of my demons in terms of codependency patterns. This is what I'm designed to help people with in this, 
lifetime, at least in this chapter of this lifetime. And and I tell everybody like your mess becomes your message. And that's really what started what started being created out of that um that last breakup. Did you have an idea this would be what your work would uh would be in the future? Oh gosh. I was like doing a lot of tindering because I don't think Bumble was around and going on some dates and just like I I started falling in love with meeting people and dating and the dating scene and um, play like using that as a playground and experimenting in that realm. Um, But at that time, I wasn't (laughs) like I, I knew that I was I had been through a lot of relationships, like more so than the average uh, 20 something year old. And, um, and that was as far as I had, like, really realized I didn't, it, it wasn't it breakups was not like a a big part of my life at the time, if that makes sense. It was more like the dating side of things was was what I really loved. Yeah. So it was more like the excitement of meeting a new person and, and finding out what they're about. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. This might be the time for me to step into that. So it started there and um, I started doing a little bit of dating coaching actually at the very beginning. And I noticed that because like, like I said, I loved like the, the experience of dating and I loved doing that, but there was something that just felt, um, you know, I start I, I realized that the people I was coaching were actually like still in the healing phase of their, of a past relationship. And I started coaching them on that. And I was like, oh, right. I'm supposed to be a breakup coach. That's exactly what I, where I'm, where I'm meant to be in this, in this life. What happens when you kill off an old version of yourself or an old identity is that you get an opportunity to rebuild yourself. And that's what I love about breakups is because it really is like it's a moment in your life where you get a chance to reflect and and look at what's not working. What is the change that I want to make? Who is the person that I want to become and that I want to step into in this next chapter of my life? And um, and you really get to empower yourself to write that script and write that chapter. And that's I, I love guiding people through that process is like the healing after the breakup. And then what is next for me? How long do you usually work with clients or does it depend on the situation? I work with people for three months and I see that as a um, like a fertile period of time. I call it a container to be able to really hold people through their healing and through starting to create what's next. So I run these breakup recovery workshops that are monthly. And what we do in those workshops is we envision what does it look like for your life? What does your life look like 90 days from now? Who is the person that you want to be 90 days from now? People 
people ask like, how long does it take to get over my ex? And there really is no formula. There's no right answer here. It so depends on many, many factors. But one of the biggest things that I've found that that accelerates the healing process is community and having a support system, having people backing you, giving you approval for your process and where you're at and um, just being able to like to share share your story and, and be vulnerable is so, so valuable. And you just realizing, like seeing your seeing yourself as a as a reflection and saying, oh, I'm not alone. I am not alone in this and I'm going to be okay. I'm not the advice giver. Like I it's when people ask for breakup advice, my, you know, as a coach, my my philosophy is that you have all the answers inside of you. I don't know any more than you do. I can I know from my own experiences what has worked for me and I can offer stories for what has worked for me, but I truly believe that you are, and I'm speaking you as as like my client or somebody in my group, but you are the expert on you and your journey. And so I'm here to reflect to you like who you are, because we can get lost. We tend, especially in a breakup, we we can get lost in like, wait, what's what's real or what's true or what do I believe or who am I here? Um, so I'm I'm a mirror to reflect to people like this is this is who you are. And I have so many tools that I've just acquired over the years to help people get in touch with who they are and start to like peel away some of those layers of conditioning and um, and what society tells us like it should look like or it should be and to start tuning in to trust yourself because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is trust your own knowing and that will lead you down the path you need to go on. Do you find that there are common experiences that people go through during a breakup? I mean, I think one of the most, let's see, there's, I mean, there's so many commonalities. It's, it's funny because it's like people will go through many different types of breakups. Like there will be one person who broke up with somebody. There will be another person who got broken up with. There'll be another person who like, they had a mutual, they, they still love each other, but they mutually broke up and there's so many similarities between all of them um, that like, it's just so healing to see, oh, like you're, we're the same, you know, like we're, we're not that much t- different, you and I. Um, but yeah, the commonalities in breakups are, the thing that I always tell people is it's not about your ex. It's not about your former partner it's it's about you and the the journey and the process after a breakup is all is about looking at where what do you need what is it that you can do to take care of yourself because at the end of the day you are the only person that you can control is like what is it that you what fills you up? What turns you on? What gets you excited? It's all of those questions that you now get to explore after the breakup. Because there's there's this like uh there's this idea that 
oh, I'm never going to find somebody like my ex. I'm never going to be in a relationship like that. And um, I'm never going to have the same sex that we had together. Like it was the best and I can't create that. And I invite people to look at like you created your last relationship so you can create a new one that's even better, right? Like you are the creator of your life. And if you can look at it in that way, it's so powerful. It's so empowering. And when doing this, the self-work and, and figuring out what, how to heal and, and healing after that, how does, uh, when would you recommend for someone to start looking towards, okay, I'm, I can start looking at a new relationship because I have more of an idea of like who I am? Well, it's going to be different for everybody and um, you won't be a hundred percent ready. Like there won't be a time where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get back out there. I am totally healed. You really, you'll learn through experience. Like every, I tell people every single relationship, every single date, every single breakup, every single communication, it's all practice. It's all practice. You don't have to get it perfect the first time. It's going to be messy and allow for it to be messy. Allow for yourself to get it wrong. Give yourself permission to fail a couple times. So you may go on a date and then realize, oh, wow, I still have some healing to do. And then you, you know, you go back and do a little bit more healing, go to some meetings, do some journaling, whatever, um, and then try to put yourself back out there. So it really is like, it's a create your own journey kind of kind of thing that that we uh, that we preach over here. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's not just your go- once you're ready, you get out there and you stay there. It's like you can come back to this safe place and try again. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how many people that that come to you? How many of them are are have this end goal of like? getting back out there? Are they not as focused on that part? For my private, for my one-on-one clients, a lot of times they come to me because they, um, they have some healing to do and they want to heal and they want to do something for themselves. And usually by the time we either complete our work together or they'll sign up for another three months with me, the next piece is the getting back out there. And how do I put myself out there? What do I, you know, how do I show up? What do I say? So usually like if someone's ready to date again, they usually don't come to me. They'll come to like a dating, they'll go to a dating coach, but someone who's like been putting themselves out there and realizing that they are not fully healed will come to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And, And I say, you don't need to know what your life looks like 10 steps ahead. You only need to know what that next little tiny baby step is and work towards getting there. Then hmm. the next step will reveal itself and the next step will reveal itself as you go. If one of our listeners is going through a breakup or just wants to talk to you, Paige, where can they find you? You can find me on my website, breakupbreakthrough.com. And if you want some guidance, I am here. You can find me and more about the show at The Breakup Evolution on Instagram, or you can email me at thebreakupevolution at gmail.com. And if you like the show and want to hear more of season two, please subscribe and even better, review. 
This was The Breakup Evolution.